you're listening to another inspirational message from Bell Road Church. If you live in the North Phoenix area and are looking for a church community, we'd love to have you join us. It's a great place for the whole family where you can have fun and grow closer to Jesus. For more information, visit us at www.bellroadchurch.com. All right, so hey, we're going to continue in the series, Joyful, no matter what. We're learning how we can live a life with God's help, with joy, no matter what we face. We're going through the letter Philippians, great, incredible letter. We're still in chapter four. Go ahead and go there. And I want to share some really cool facts that I learned this week about our brain. I was reading some articles from Inc. Magazine. And so these are some really cool things about our brain. Did you know that your brain generates about 12 to 25 watts of electricity, which is enough to power a low wattage LED light bulb out of your brain. 12 to 25. Hopefully you're on the higher end of that, by the way. The brain of an adult human weighs about three pounds. Okay, so your, your brain weighs about three pounds, which is only about 2% of your total body weight, but your brain takes up 20% of your body's energy. The slowest speed that information travels or passes through your brain is approximately 260 miles per hour. That's the slowest it'll go, 260 miles per hour. There's about 100 billion neurons in your brain. Did you know that? 100 billion, which is about the same amount of stars that are in the Milky Way galaxy. That's a lot. You ever feel tired? Of course you do. Whenever you're feeling tired, it's not right now, right? Whenever you feel tired, go ahead and yawn. Yawning helps cool down your brain. Apparently, lack of sleep and um, sleep deprivation, it raises the brain temperature. So I guess it's kind of like a car. Like your car can overheat, and it's not good for your car to overheat, right? Your brain can overheat. And some of you are like, I've been there. Felt that before. Go ahead and yawn. The great news about wearing a mask is I don't even know if you're yawning or not. You know, you could be yawning my entire message, and I would never know but you're helping to cool down your brain when you do that. So that's a good thing, right? Or get some more sleep because that will also help cool down your brain. Did you know that someone can have brain surgery and be awake and they feel no pain? There's no pain. The brain has no pain receptors and it feels no pain. You ever seen a brain surgery, by the way? It's fascinating. It's weird. Quick picture. Just show you right here. Here's what it looks like. And we can take that away because some of you just totally disgust you. I'll never forget the first time I saw a brain surgery. I went to my grandparents' house. I was going to hang out with my grandparents for a little bit. And they had the local Seattle news thing playing. And there's a story about a guy who suffered from seizures. And they were doing exploratory surgery on his brain to help maybe minimize or stop the, the, the seizures. And they literally had his head cracked open. And you could see his brain in this this little segment that I was watching. It was fascinating. I got sucked into this and they had these little probes that were touching his brain. And when they would touch certain spots, like his hand would do this. They told him to count to 10 and he would start counting to 10 and they would touch another certain spot and then he would stop. He could not remember how to count to 10 because they touched a certain spot on his brain. It was fascinating. And so the, the story continued. They're like, hey, this guy's recovered from brain surgery, and he hasn't had any seizures, and he's a student at Northwest University right now, which was crazy because at that time, 
I also was a student at Northwest University. I thought, this is so cool. This guy goes to the same school that I do. And I saw him just a few months after that, walking down the sidewalk on campus. Our paths didn't typically cross, but I saw him a little while later, and I stopped, and I just stared at the dude, and I'm like, that's just weird to see him because I've seen his brain. <laughs> like, I know what his brain looks like. That's got to be weird for him, obviously, but for me, it's just interesting. You know, our brain is an interesting thing. It is powerful. But what's even more, more powerful about our brain is the thoughts that we allow our brain to think. And I say allow intentionally because you and I allow ourselves to think certain thoughts. Did you know that? In fact, before you ever do anything or say anything, it was first a thought. Because you can't do or say anything unless it was, it's a thought. Our thoughts are powerful and very, very, very important. In fact, I would say this, your thought life determines your entire life. I don't know if you've heard this phrase before, but I love this phrase. It says, watch your thoughts. They become words. Watch your words. They become actions. Watch your actions. They become habits. Watch your habits. They become your lifestyle. Watch your lifestyle. It becomes your destiny. And it all started where? Right here in our cranium, in this brain, this thinking machine that we have up here. It's all in our thoughts. Your thoughts will ultimately determine your destiny. That's why it's imperative that you and I learn and grow in our ability to get our thoughts under control. So we're going to talk about this today. And I want to ask you, what are you thinking about? Because it's important for you and I to know what we're thinking about. So that's my question for you today. What are you thinking about? You ever thought about what you're thinking about? You need to. What are you thinking about? Ask the person nearest to you right now. Just ask them, what are you thinking about? Come on, just ask them. What are you thinking about? Sometimes we don't want to know, right? I have no, I do not want to go know what's going on inside of your head right now. It's, it could be a scary place. I don't want anyone else to know what's going on inside of my head right now. So here's the message today. Joy, joy comes from thinking like Jesus. That's how you and I can grow in experiencing joy. Thinking like Jesus, having the mind of Christ. So here's, let's go to Philippians chapter four. And uh, we're gonna pick up, well, actually, we're gonna read a few verses in review and then add another verse that we didn't look at last week because this all connects here uh, together. So Philippians four, verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. And I'll say it again. Thank you, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. Do you know prayer should be your first go-to? Prayer shouldn't be our last resort. It should be our first resort. Sometimes it's like, well, I guess all I can do now is pray. We're like, really? Like, so we're there. We've resorted to prayer, huh? God's probably thinking, yeah, I guess that's all you can do. Yeah, nothing else. Might as well. Last resort. It should be our first resort, right? Prayer. In everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. In the peace of God. Everybody say, peace of God. That's it, right there. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your, your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's noble, 
whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Paul is showing us the importance of our thought life. And it is imperative that you and I take responsibility for where we allow our thoughts to go. So I want to help you with this today, and we're going to address this today, because again, my thought life determines my entire life. This isn't the first time Paul's talked about the importance of thinking and our thoughts. Several times in this letter, he's already addressed it. Back in Philippians chapter 2, look at these few verses here. Verses four, five, and six. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. We want to have the same mindset that Jesus had. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. And then it goes on to describe how Jesus lived out his mindset. He was a servant to the extreme. He was a servant to all. He could have had everybody serve him, but he came to serve. And you and I are called to have that same mindset to serve other people. And it says he served and was obedient in his serving, even to the point of death. So that's the mindset that you and I are called to have. Another translation says having the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ. That's the goal that you and I would have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is not self-centered. It is selfless. It is, it is called to serve. That's the mind of Christ. And they say that you and I will remember images and pictures way more than we remember words. Have you heard this before? Like if you're listening to a lecture or a sermon, you will remember 10 to 20% of what you hear which is a bummer because I'm going to say some really good things today. <laughs> and just the thought that I put all this time and energy into this, and you're going to remember only 10% of it. I'm like, why, God? Why didn't you wire us differently? But that's kind of how we're wired, right? This is why I want to encourage you to write things down, take notes. It helps you to see it, experience it a little bit more. You remember better. Uh, because again, there's going to be some things that are going to be very beneficial and helpful for you. But still, we remember pictures and images. So let me give you a picture and an image of the mind of Christ, uh, how he was called to serve and what it led him to do. This is how you and I are called to live. That's the image right there. Jesus took on the very nature of a servant. It was his mindset, even to the point of death. He was willing to serve and give everything, even if it costed him everything. That's the mindset you and I are called to have. That's the picture of it right there. In the next chapter, Philippians 3, Paul goes on to say this. He says, For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. So we'd already looked at this several weeks ago. Remember this here? It says, but our citizenship is in heaven as we eagerly wait a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we talked about how we are citizens of the kingdom of God. We preach and live a kingdom gospel here. Okay, so what Paul had said, though, in that passage is that some people, their mind is set or consumed or fixed on earthly things. Listen to these other verses from Paul. This is in Colossians. 
If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are here on earth. So you can see the same word again there, set. Romans 8, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Here's what Paul is saying. It is important that you and I make a decision where we set our mind. And it's easy for us to allow our mind to be set on earthly things, but he's saying, don't be consumed with that. Don't be fixated on that. You are a citizen of another kingdom, of a higher kingdom. Put your thoughts there. Set your mind into heavenly places. That is where you are now seated as well, by the way, with Christ. Set your mind in the right place, which shows you and I that we have a decision. It's up to us. And so my encouragement for you and I is to regularly, every single day, choose where to set our mind. Because if we don't, it's amazing how our mind can just go to deep, dark, weird places. You know what I'm saying? You know, you're going through something, you hear about something in your mind, you know, so-and-so is upset with you and, and you're just, your mind is racing and you're thinking about this and this scenario, did I say something? You know, what do they say all this? And you're thinking about conversations and you just, you can create a whole scenario full of conflict that may not actually exist. It's real in your brain, therefore it feels real, it affects you physically, but maybe it isn't even real. Our mind can create those whole scenarios that actually affects us emotionally and physically, but may not even be real if we allow ourselves to go there. That's why we got to be careful. But it's funny how certain thoughts can just trigger this thought and this thought and this thought and this thought and this thought, and we can create all this stuff. You know, some of you might think thoughts like, uh, did I forget to feed the dog this morning? I can't remember. Did I feed the dog this morning? Man, I didn't... I had food. I didn't like my food today. I wish I'd have gone to this restaurant today, you know? And I remember this restaurant. I went to this one restaurant on vacation. That was really good. And man, I'd sure like to go on vacation right now. And it's funny how we can find ourselves in this place of like, I would like to be on vacation in Hawaii right now. When it started with, did I feed my dog? <laughs> right? It can happen to all of us. You know, you hear something that's going down at work. There's going to be job layoffs. And you begin, your mind begins to race. What, is it going to happen to me? Is it going to happen to them? I can see it happen to them. I don't know about, yeah, probably me. You know, we, we, our mind races and we, it's amazing how we can just create all these scenarios. Our car breaks down on the 101. We're like, oh, you know, we're stressed. We're worried. How am I going to get my car to the shop? How am I going to afford this? Oh, how am I going to get to work tomorrow? How am I going to get the kids to school? And your mind goes there, Right? My kids aren't going to get to school. How long are they going to miss school? How can I do this? How can I figure this out? My kids aren't going to get an education. They're not going to graduate. They're not going to have a career. They'll never have a family. I will never have grandkids. <laughs> it all started with my car. I'm, I'm dealing with a broke down car. I want to one, right? We can all go there. And it's funny how our brains work that way until it's not. Because our brain can take us to places we should never go. We don't need to go. And that's why I'm here to challenge you to set your mind in the right place. Easier said than done. But I want to talk about something practical called self-talk. I don't know if you've heard of this before, but self-talk, let me give you the definition of it, by the way. Uh, it's the internal thoughts and beliefs that we constantly and often unconsciously speak to ourselves. That's self-talk. 
the internal thoughts and beliefs we constantly and often unconsciously speak to ourselves. You are continually having a conversation with yourself all the time. Did you know that? As I've been up here talking and rambling and sharing and speaking, you also have been talking. Not out loud, but you're talking to yourself and there's a conversation going on right here all the time, all day long. Whether you realize it or not, this is our self-talk. And so I want to help you with your self-talk because some of us, our self-talk is not good. And what we tell ourselves is scary things. In fact, the words we whisper internally to ourselves are more important than the words that we speak out loud. And some of us are whispering things over and over and over again internally to ourselves. And it is affecting us and it is creating the reality and the life that we are experiencing. But Jesus wants you to be free from that. You don't have to be in bondage to negative, toxic, wrong self-talk. You can be free. Here's the ABCs of changing your self-talk. Okay, so we got to understand what's going on in our brain. Okay, so this is kind of getting practical to help you out here. The ABCs of changing your self-talk. A stands for the actual situation or event. B stands for the beliefs about the event. This is my mental self-talk. C stands for the consequential feelings or behaviors as a result of all of that. So here's what happens. You and I fall into this trap of thinking wrongly, A equals C. This happened to me, therefore I feel this way and I act this way. And if this hadn't happened, I wouldn't do this. We all go there. So we think falsely A equals C, but we got to understand, no, 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 no. There's something going on in between that that we have got to become aware of. It's this self-talk thing. There's some beliefs that I am developing based upon A that happened to me, okay? And how many know life is going to happen? You're going to experience life, okay? A happens, but A does not lead to C. A leads to B, and those combined then lead to C, how I feel about it and how I respond to whatever happened to me in life. And so again, it's growing an awareness of what's going on in that B area, which is our self-talk. And oftentimes, we unknowingly are interpreting things in a negative way. This happened, and there I'm, I'm processing it, I'm thinking this, I believe this, therefore I act this way. And I'm living out of a lie, falsehood, negativity. And that is affecting how I respond to life's circumstances. This is why some people can go through tough stuff and still look like they're doing okay and be fine. And other people, something happens to them, and all of a sudden life is horrible, and it's, it's the end of the world. It's because of how we self-talk. It's all right here. A lot happens in this cranium of ours, this three-pound mushroom-looking thing that is a thinking machine. You have got to learn to get it under control. Change your thoughts, change your life. I've got to insert truth and right thinking into B so that I can respond and live in the right way. Here's what Jesus said. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus went to the cross so you and I could be free, by the way. 
He went to the cross so you could walk in freedom, experience freedom, and he himself said, knowing the truth will set you free. And here's why a lot of us aren't free is because we aren't thinking true things. This is why we need to get into the word of God because this is truth, right here. This is full of truth right here. We need to allow the word to to wash our mind. The word talks about the washing of the word. Romans 12 says that you and I are changed, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Life change begins with the change of thinking, with the renewal of our mind. And God's word will help with that because it's truth. And so this is what Jesus is referring to. The truth will set you free. You and I have to learn to stand on truth, believe truth, think truth, if we're going to experience freedom. But too often, we find ourselves going negative, going toxic, and even actually believing lies and creating scenarios, and it impacts our life, and impacts our relationships, and it impacts our future. So this is more than just replacing negative thoughts with positive ones, although that's important. This is replacing lies with truth. It's imperative that you and I insert truth into B, what is taking place in my beliefs, in my self-talk. I have to have truth all over that so I can experience freedom. Anybody want freedom? So in three weeks, we are getting ready to launch Disciple Maker Phase 3. We've done one and two last fall and winter. Now in Phase 3, we are launching what we are calling Freedom Course. And the call is this. I want everybody in Bell Road Church, either in Celebrate Recovery or in a Freedom Course group. This is gonna be a big deal. Now, Celebrate Recovery already started. It's still not too late for people to jump in, but I just wanna give a shout out to Max and Melody for doing a phenomenal job of launching Celebrate Recovery last Friday. Yeah, we can give them a hand. They're not here. They might be online listening, um, but I'll tell them you clap for them in case they missed. But they did a great job, super excited for what Celebrate Recovery is going to help people do in their life and experience the freedom of Christ. Okay, but so for the rest of us, I want us in a freedom group. It's going to be a 10-week thing that we're doing through the fall, and I promise you it's going to be worth it. It's going to be on Sunday nights. There is a live in-person option and an online option. You can do it on Zoom for those of us that still need to do it on Zoom and be a part of online, okay? So I'm just throwing that out there because we're talking about freedom. I want you to experience freedom. Jesus wants you to experience freedom. It's why he went to the cross. And I'm looking forward to these freedom course this fall. It's going to be really, really good. Okay, so back to our self-talk. Remember, A does not equal C. A plus B equals C. I got to understand what's going on here. I got to understand how I get to C. It's all based upon my thoughts, how I interpret things, and my belief about things. So I could say it in other words like this. The issue is not the issue. The issue is how I think about the issue. The issue isn't what happened to me. Oh, this happened. That's why I, that's why I live like this. That's why I act like this. No, 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 no. You don't have to live like this. The issue is not what happened to you. It is what you think about it and what you believe about it. That is what is causing you to live as a result of all of this kind of stuff. It's how I think about the issue. And here's why we get stuck in negative patterns of thinking, toxic thinking, worry, anxiety, all those things can consume us because we get fixated on trying to control the things we cannot control while not controlling the things we can control. And you and I cannot control what happens to us in life. 
A happens. You can't control that. You can try. There might be some things you can tweak and change a little bit, but life happens. You can't control everything and anything and people, but you can control what goes on right here. Anxiety, worry, stress, oftentimes comes from you and I trying to control what we cannot control, but not controlling what we can control. So focus on what you can control. And that's the beginning for you and I to begin to experience freedom and having right, healthy self-talk and uh, thinking. And I want to point out again that in Philippians 4 here, these verses are all following a conflict that Paul points out. He's saying, okay, you know these two ladies, they got an issue going on, they got to resolve. And in fact, he calls the ladies out, get together, resolve the conflict. And church, by the way, make sure they do this. There's an issue going on, there's a conflict going on, the church knows exactly what Paul is talking about. And when you're facing a conflict, you know relational conflicts can be very stressful, worrisome, and they can cause anxiety in our life. Am I right? Or am I right? Thank you. So... These verses are fascinating in light of conflict that we face in life. Hey, you know what? You can rejoice in the Lord always. In fact, let me just say that again. You can rejoice no matter what you go through. But here's the deal. Go to God through prayer, petition. Present your request to God. Give your anxiety to him. And here's what will happen as a result. God will fill you with his peace. It doesn't even make sense, but let God's peace come over you and he will give you his peace and it can help you think because you want your thoughts to line up with all of these things that Paul says right here. We want those, those types of thoughts. And I love that list here. You know, some of you love to-do lists. Anybody like to-do lists? Okay, it's my to-do list. I got to do this, do this. Okay, okay that's, that can be great. Paul has given you and I a to-think list which could be more beneficial for us potentially if we really begin to monitor our thoughts. I need to make sure that I'm thinking these types of thoughts. Here's my to think list. Paul says, is it true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy? Yeah, put that on your to think list. Unfortunately, many people fall into the trap of their thoughts are untrue. Their thoughts are dishonest. They're unjust, impure, ugly, negative, vicious, worthy of criticism. Like we kind of get into this trap of thinking if it's, you know, all these things, then we think on these things, you know, and our mind just gets caught in that cycle and it is an unhealthy cycle that we can all find ourselves in. So we've got we've to stop. We've got to grow in monitoring every single thought. This is what Paul talks about in another place about taking captive every thought. Did you know that you could do that? Take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. He says it to the Corinthian church, 2 Corinthians 10. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. He's basically saying, hey, we're going to demolish lies. We're going to tear down lies, falsehood, idols. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, God's word wouldn't tell us to do that if we couldn't do that. The fact that it says that there gives you and I, first of all, the ability to know that we, we can do that, but also the permission. Yeah. Monitor every thought. 
Learn to take captive every thought, especially those toxic, those negative ones, those lies that are coming against who God is, those thoughts that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. Here's the deal. Our thoughts can conjure all these emotions and these feelings and these scenarios that become bigger than God. And we want to tear those down so that God can become who he is in our life. And we can allow him to be bigger than our circumstances and everything that we face in life. You with me? Yes. It's taking taken, uh, captive every thought, making it obedient to Christ. Remember, joy comes by thinking like Jesus. That's where we get joy. Thinking like Jesus. Joy comes from having the mind of Christ. Okay, so let's look at one more verse here in Philippians. Verse 9, right after that, Paul says... Hey, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace, everybody say God of peace. I love that. The God of peace will be with you. Practice this, do this, live this out. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to experience the nearness of God. Who, oh, by the way, is not just God. He is God of peace. I love that. Peace is not just a promise that he keeps. Peace is not just a nice, happy thought about God. It's who he is. He is peace. That's who he is. And I love that song that we sing, peace. We're going to sing it in a few moments, but this is what we sing. This is what we declare. You are peace to a restless soul. Peace when my thoughts wage war. That's who you are. That's who you are. Come on, we're getting ready to declare who God is. He is the God of peace. It goes on to say, you are peace when my fear takes hold. Peace when I feel enclosed. Peace when I lose control. You ever been there? <laughs> That's who you are. That's who you are. He is the God of peace. Now, my friends, it's one thing to know who God is, but it's a whole other thing to allow who he is to be real in your life. You need to allow God to be who he is in you. Allow him to be peace in your life. Don't just fall to the trap of like knowing about God, but not actually knowing him. There's a big difference, right? I can know about him. Oh, that's nice. I've heard that. He is peace. Okay, he's the prince of peace and all this kind of stuff. But that doesn't really help me. It doesn't really change my life. And I would say, then you really haven't fully experienced who God is because that is who he is. And so I've got to allow him to be who he is in my life. And I would encourage you to allow God to be who he is in you. See, the great thing about being a God follower is we don't just believe in God. We experience him. You can experience who he is. And who is he? He's peace. He is peace himself. You want to experience peace? Experience God, because that's who he is. He is peace. He's the peace that you need. He's the peace that I need. He's the peace that the world needs right now. Amen? One last verse, and Isaiah says this. He says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Do you want to experience the perfect peace of God? You got to trust in him. You got to fix your thoughts on him. What are your thoughts fixed on? 
Remember, that was one of my opening questions. What are you thinking about? Who are you thinking about? How's that self-talk going for you in your brain? We got to grow in monitoring that and we got to fix our thoughts on Him. You know, our self-talk really is just a form of meditation when you think about it. Meditation is, you know, dwelling on, on things and repeating over and over and over again our mind. That can be a very, very powerful thing. It's not just some Eastern mystical thing, an Eastern religious thing. No, no, no. It is a biblical thing to do because, again, it's how God has wired our brains. And so we need to repeat and dwell on and meditate on and saturate our brains with truth. Unfortunately, our self-talk is meditating and saturating our, 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 our brain with a lot of things that are not true. So I got to get his word all up in my self-talk and allow it to be the foundation of how I think in my life. You know, it's been said that we are repeatedly what we do, but I would say, I would argue this, we are not repeatedly what we do, we are repeatedly what we think. We're not what we repeatedly do, we are what we repeatedly think. We are what we repeatedly think. As you think, so you are. Get this, this is another interesting piece of information from that Inc. Magazine article. Listen to this. Our lifelong repetitive negative thoughts are significant contributors to stress and disease within the body. Stress causes us to live in survival state which negatively changes our internal state and exhausts our body. In turn, generating adverse responses, including anger, depression, misery, or confusion. When we are in this state, it can be likened to behaving like a bird trapped in a cage or a prisoner held captive. We fail to see the possibilities for our life. This is how people become stuck for their consistent emotional state is highly addictive resultant of the production of neurochemicals. When we are thinking, we are basically allowing all these neurochemicals to happen and exist in our brain. And the more we think the same ones over and over and over again, it determines how we live and experience life. That's why it's important that we get unstuck and allow Jesus to set us free by thinking over and over again repeatedly about who he is, declaring who he is, and to getting truth into our thought life. Not lies, not toxicity, not negativity. Stress, by the way, is not a bad thing. It's important we understand that. But constant, unending stress is. You can liken it to exercising, physical exercise. You've got to stress your body, but then you've got to rest your body. But a lot of people are living life like it's boom. It's just constant, just you're getting pounded, pounded. It's stress after stress, stress daily, all day long. And it's, I just, I feel it all the time. And after a while, it wears on us, doesn't it? It just beats us down. And that's where a lot of people find themselves living. But Jesus offers rest for your stress. Jesus offers peace for those that are stuck in negative, wrong, unhealthy thinking. And he's got peace for you. We are not what we repeatedly do, but we are what we repeatedly think. What we repeat, our brain believes, guys. This is how God wired us. This is why it's important for you to say things like this. Jesus is Lord. 
Maybe you need to say that right now. Just even say it to yourself. Repeat it over and over again to yourself because you need to know that no matter what you go through, Jesus is Lord. No matter what you face, Jesus is Lord. Repeating truth, things like that can remind you you're gonna be okay. You're gonna make it. He's in charge. I don't have to fix everything. I can just trust him. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. I'm telling you, you begin to repeat things like that over and over and over again. It's gonna help you break a negative, toxic, wrong thinking and be free. So, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. The question is, do you trust in him? Do you? Do you really trust in him? Because if I don't, that's going to affect how I respond and how I live. Do I really trust in Jesus? I've got to settle that matter internally. And here's, by the way, how we know we can trust Jesus. Jesus didn't just die on the cross for our sins. He rose from the dead. He conquered death. He is alive, which, by the way, is what he said he was going to do. Therefore, we can trust him with our life and anything we ever face. You can go through anything because Jesus already conquered death. Therefore, he is trustworthy. He is trustworthy always. You got to believe that. Put your trust in him so that you can experience life the way he wants you to experience it. Joy comes from thinking like Jesus. Joy comes from thinking like Jesus. So I just got two things I want to ask you to do. Two next steps here. Number one is this. This is my challenge to every single one of us. Grow in your ability to monitor your thoughts. Okay, let's make this determination. I'm going to set my mind in the right place constantly when I find myself not doing that, I'm going to grow. I'm going to do this. I'm going to monitor my thoughts. I'm going to make sure that my thoughts are not going to take me out in life. Grow in your ability. You can do this with God's help, by the way. And number two, I've already talked about this, but uh, jump into the Freedom Course. Sign up for it on your Connect card, all right? It's a practical next step that I promise you is going to help you. Sometimes it's nice to have just practical things. Hey, get into this group and it's going to help you grow and live in the freedom of Christ. Two things. Those are my two challenges to all of us. Even those of you online. Do those two things. Why don't you stand to your feet right now? We're going to we're going to sing the song, guys, and we're going to declare the truth of who God is. We're going to sing about not just God gives us peace, but peace is who he is. And I believe that peace is going to begin to fill and flood our hearts and our minds. Come on, do we need that right now? Does our world need the peace of God right now? Remember, he, let me look at this real quick again. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. There you go, Joel. Perfect peace is found when I trust in him. Perfect peace. I love that about God. His peace is, a, it, it goes beyond understanding. It doesn't even make sense. And it's perfect perfect. And I'm praying that his perfect peace is going to flood your mind and your heart over these next few moments. As we again, just come to God and say, God, I need you. I worship you. I submit to you. I surrender you. I give you this, this, and this, and this, and this in my life. I need you. I need your peace. Come on, let's let the peace of God rule and reign in this place, in our homes, and in our hearts, more importantly. Let me pray for you right now, Lord. I'm just believing that you're going to set people's minds free by the power of Jesus. 
By your spirit, you're gonna do this, Lord. Set people free in their mind to experience the freedom that you have for them, the hope, the life, and the peace. God, I'm praying for peace. Would you fill this place with your peace? Fill this place with your peace right now. Fill our hearts and our minds right now with your peace. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Keep your eyes closed because I just wanna do one more, one more thing before we go into this song together. If you and I are not in relationship with God, then what is really happening is we're at odds with God. And the Bible even talks about we're enemies with God, but the good news is you and I can make peace with God. And the first step to experiencing the God of peace is to make peace with God. And so I would encourage you to say yes to God right now, to ask for forgiveness, commit your life to him, and begin following him. That's making peace with God. Would you do that right now? If that's you, you need to pray this prayer. Pray this with me. And uh, we're just going to commit our life and our heart and our mind to God. God, I come to you right now and I realize I need you. And I, I, I surrender to you. God, I ask for forgiveness and I, I commit to living for you for the rest of my life. Would you fill me with your spirit, your presence? And would you flood me with this peace we're talking about today? I need you, God. I need your peace right now as I make peace with you. And God, for those that just prayed that prayer, God, would you do that? Would you move in their life? Lord, for those that feel far from you, would you draw near to them right now? And God, I pray for your peace to overwhelm us, to flood us, to move in our life over these next few moments, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you said yes to Jesus today, let us know. On the Connect card, let us know online. We wanna hear from you and help you move forward in that. And now, friends, hey guys, let's just not just sing about God. Let's declare who he is in this place. Can I just encourage you from the depths of your, your heart and soul, sing this song and let God be who he is in your life right now. Thanks again for listening to this message of Bell Road Church. We hope you enjoyed it and that God spoke to you through it. Be sure to connect with us online via Twitter, Facebook, and at bellroadchurch.com.